Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. Good morning. Well, I'm, I'm really happy to be here with you guys. Um, it's... When I was asked to, to speak about anything, um, there's been this, this idea that's been going through my head or the, these thoughts been, that have been going through my head for the longest time, and I, I'm just trying to put them all into however many minutes I have today, and, and uh, hopefully that it, it will bless you, and um, that I, hope, I really hope that as young pray that I will just hide behind um, the cross, and I will hide behind Christ, and, and hopefully he, he speaks to you something uh, special today. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if they, they printed it or you see the, the message, um, Let Freedom Ring. Um, it has n- absolutely nothing to do with next week being 4th of July and everything like that. It, it just happened to be, um, I was asked to come up with the title, and I couldn't think of one. I was just like, uh, freedom from sin, freedom... But when I said freedom, I'd think of Braveheart, and that'd be going through my head the whole time. So, so I, I just came up with a let freedom ring. Um, and hopefully throughout the, the message that that will be true. Um, it's funny how things never really change. You know, back in, in junior high school, I was probably the coolest kid on the block. You know, um, I, I was chubby. You know, I, I had a little little waddle in my step. I, I really did. It, it was weird. And, um, and I had these huge, like, tinted rectangular sunglasses that, that I sported every day and was really proud of. And, and then I was part of the AV club. Get that, the AV club. That, that was like, that was like the, the highest point of my junior high career, the AV club. Now, I'm still a little chubby dude. <laughs> I, I have a, a little messed up leg, so I still have kind of a wobble in my step. And, um, and I work the sound back there <laughs> most of the day, so, so go, go AV. <laughs> but, yeah, some things never change. And, and back then, I was... Con- Concerned about my own self-image. I, I wanted to fit in. I, I joined the AV club because that's what I like to do. And, and I was surrounded by other people who like to do that. And when I was sitting in class, uh, uh, the teacher would go, who could fix this? I'm like, oh, I can. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's something that, that gave me an image or it gave me something to fit in. You know, I joined a radio-controlled car club. You know, I, I was... A, I was I was a geek, <laughs> you know, when I was little. But, you know, in high school, I, I joined choir. I joined the tennis team, you know. I did all these things to, to find myself, to, to get someplace where I could fit in. And in college, you know, I went out to the clubs. I, I went out to the bars. I did other things that I probably won't say here, <laughs> but I'm not too proud of. All this to fit in or all this to to create the self-image that, that I want to create. In our younger years, 
there was that, that feeling of, of being enslaved by something that was pretty silly. Well, it pretty much carries on to today. We try really hard to preserve our, our self-image. Self-image is, is really important to some degree, right? I mean, how else can you get a job? You're not going to go to a job interview in, in shorts and a tank top. You know, most likely you're not going to get the job unless you're going for a lifeguard or something. But, but you, you have to create this, this image that, that you have everything under control. You have to present yourselves. Art students, they have to present this great porf- portfolio. It's all about how you present yourselves. We have to do our best. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying these things are bad because they're a must in, in how we live everyday life. But pretty soon, if we concentrate so much on that, our, our self-image just drives us everywhere we go. It's kind of suffocating, isn't it? Well, back in, in Jesus' day, there were these Pharisees and, and Jews that struggled with this type of self-image. The Jews were, they claimed to be descendants of Abraham, the father of faith. They claimed their identity in Abraham. They pretty much thought they were, they were a level above everyone else. You know, Abraham, Abraham was the man of promise. He was promised to be the father of many nations. Abraham was, was a man of faith who sacrificed his own son when, when God commanded him to do, to do that. Abraham was this great man of faith. Abraham was a great person to identify with. No one would say, oh man, I want to identify with, with Abraham. People won't say, man, you're, you're, that's pretty bad. You know, he, he was a good guy. And he was a great, great man of God. But there was someone better. You know, before uh, I read today's passage, I want to fill you in a little bit of background. Uh, we're going to look at the, the book of John. And John's gospel is, is pretty unique in, in that that it's filled with all these actions of, of Jesus. This, this book is where, where Jesus makes his claims of deity, where he says pretty much, I'm God. This is also the gospel where his great miracles proclaim that, that he is greater than what people have thought. The other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, can, can be seen more with a historical bent, presenting Jesus but John's gospel has a very intentional message that is pointing towards Jesus and that Jesus is God and he is the only way to salvation. You know, the word believe is used 98 times in the original language in this book of, of John. You know, to believe in Christ, to believe in God. So is a strive to point towards salvation and, and the message that Christ has for us. This chapter that we'll look, look into is, is no different. He makes bold statements about himself. He made very definitive claims. You know, throughout the, the Bible, he has all these I am statements saying, I am the bread of life. I am not of this world. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the door. I, I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Jesus is saying, I am, I am, I am, to identify who he is. 
In the verses prior to the passage we will focus on today, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus made the claim that he was a solution to the problem of sin. He made a bold claim about himself. The Jewish law required two witnesses to establish the validity of, of the truth. So Jesus' claim was kind of risky because he was the only one there saying, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the light. He was the only one there. So, so people had to take him by his word. And so that was pretty risky back then. He pointed out that they would die unless they would follow him. And we see that many of the Jews believed in him, so Jesus addressed them. So if you have your Bibles, can we turn to John chapter 8? We're going to look at verses 31 through 38. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are, my, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I've seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. You know, Pastor Jared uh, gave a sermon last week on the costly sacrifice uh, that it takes to follow Jesus Christ. The message was about losing your life for the gospel, to die, to gain life. In the other gospels, in that same passage, it pretty much says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. They're, they're the parallel passages. The Christian life is hard to live. There, there's almost a, a contradiction there, isn't there? Unless you could lose your life, then, then you won't have life. Lose your life to gain it. Sacrifice yourself. It's costly. And all of a sudden we hear that Jesus says, I say to you, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. I will say that they, in fact, complement each other. Before Christ, all we, we knew how to do, all we knew was sin. We didn't know any better. We were all born sinful. You, me, the person sitting next to you. We were all born sinful. I mean, I, I say that with a smile on my face, but, you know, we were sinful. Sin honestly feels good. Sin's very satisfying. Sin gives you instant gratification. What easier way than, than to sin and, and keep sinning and take the easy way out and, and just live a life of sin? Because it's easy. It was the only way we knew. 
Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. This was a problem. And Jesus came and and gave us a way of freedom. Jesus came to, to give us this relief. He said, if you abide in my word and you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. All who are in Christ do not have to sin anymore. We are no longer slaves to it. We can choose not to sin. This truth gives us so much freedom. Don't you agree? We're no longer slaves to sin. But sin's such a funny thing, isn't it? It leaves little remnants of it itself in our lives. There's little pieces here and there that, that just kind of flood out our lives, and, and, and there's still a bite of what's left over. Like, I, I used to smoke. I'm not saying smoking's a sin, but it's perceived as a sin, I guess. I don't know. But before I used to smoke, and even now to this day, if, I, if I'm, like, with other smokers or whatnot, it, 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 honestly, it smells good, you know. And, and there's this desire or whatnot, but, you know, I have to, like, I'm not enslaved to that anymore. So, so I will push that away. We have a tendency to want to go back to that. But we are not enslaved to that. We are free from that. We're supposed to be free after accepting Jesus Christ in our lives, right? All who accepted Christ in their lives, we're all free from sin. That's a done deal. I'm not saying otherwise, but once we accept Jesus Christ in our lives, it's done. We're free from sin. We're supposed to be open with our brokenness to fellow believers so that Christ's work can be displayed in our lives, right? Why do we still try to hide our own insecurities by putting up this facade of who we are? Why do we continue to act as we're still in bondage? Remember, Christ set you free. We don't have to return to that life any longer. Jesus Christ set you free. Christians are meant to be broken. It's sad that many want to live their lives as if they were perfect. You know, some people leave churches because they feel that they're fake. Or, or they don't just feel the right presence of the people there. And, and, and we're free. Many people are craving for that place where they can feel safe. To be who they are, broken by sin, dirty, messed up. Harvest is a messed up place. And that's why I love it so much. How can freedom from sin be displayed in our lives? What does freedom from sin look like? Number one, freedom from sin can be displayed in how we relate to Jesus. Our walk with Jesus will Reveal the status of sin in our lives. You know, Jesus said in verse 31, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Abide in his word. Have this fellowship with Jesus. Walk with the Lord. Everything starts at the foot of the cross. This is where it begins. Let yourself go before the Lord. Open up everything before him. He knows what's on your heart. There's no reason to hide before the Lord. He knows it. If you sinned, if you messed up, say, Lord, I messed up. I'm sorry. 
can I do? There's no use in hiding it. It just, it doesn't end up good. If you're angry at something, be angry. If you're, if you're sad, be sad. If you sin, reveal that to him. He'll always forgive you. And come with light and load. You know, I had a college roommate that I didn't really get along with. Um, he was messy. I was messy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we just butted heads in all the wrong ways. You know, um, his cat at one time uh, or two times used my bed as its own litter box. <laughs> and it wasn't a pleasant feeling going home at night, you know, crawling into the bed, going to sleep, and feeling that, uh, that little surprise. <laughs> and so our, our relationship wasn't, wasn't that great. And even when uh, we left, we graduated from college, we went our separate ways, that, that friendship was broken. And there was nothing I could do, nothing he could do. It was just broken. And then in a seminary class uh, just recently, the, the professor said, there's nothing more horrifying or, or more grappling than, than regret or, or these feelings of, of bitterness or anything in your heart. So he looked directly at us and said, if there's anyone in your life that you feel like you need to forgive, just, just do that in your hearts right now. And he said, it doesn't matter if you call them or not, but make sure that you're okay with the Lord. And so I was, I was, I was wrestling with that, and in my heart I kind of needed to call him. So I called this guy, and, and I said, Steve, um, you know, I know it's been five years or so, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry of, of, for being a bad roommate. You, you know, will you forgive me? And there wasn't much on his end, uh, but I was, it was okay. Because I knew with the Lord and with him, I was okay with it. Because I, I was probably more messy than he was, and I probably did a lot more things that, that made him more upset than me. But that, that release to come in, in communion and, and that relationship with Jesus, that, that it can be displayed in our lives, that that freedom was there. The weight was gone. Walk with the Lord. That is the first step to be reminded of the freedom you have in him. Freedom from sin can be displayed in how we relate to Jesus. Number two, freedom from sin can be displayed in how we relate to our fellow believers in Christ. Our brothers and sisters in Christ will be able to see our attitude. When we meet with each other, be open and honest. Don't hide anything. If you want true freedom, that, that Christ gave you, you're, you're going to need the people around you to do that. You're not meant to live this Christian life alone. Reveal yourself to other people, the close brothers or sisters that you have. You know, I'm in an accountability group with a couple of my friends, and we try to get together regularly to fill each other in our lives and, and to pray. And, and at the end of our time together, we pray. And we answer these following uh, questions. Uh, these questions are actually given by uh, Chuck Swindoll. Um, the first question is, um, have, you ever, have you been with a woman this past week that might be seen as compromising? Number two, have any of your financial dealings lacked integrity? 
Number three, have you exposed yourself to any sexually explicit material? Number four, have you given priority time to your family? Number five, or number five, have you spent adequate time in Bible study and prayer? Number six, have you fulfilled the mandates of your calling? And the last question was, have you just lied to me? And so, so answering these questions truthfully, it's hard because of that last question. Like, I don't want to go there. So, so every time I'm by myself or at home or something, I'm always thinking about what I'm doing. <laughs> is, this, is this right? Is this pleasing to the Lord? Because my brothers are going to know. And it's hard every time. But you know what? Even though if I do fail and I answer these things and I know that they won't leave me. I know that they'll pray for me. I know that they weep with me. I know they're, 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 they're in pain with me. I know that they'll walk me through it. Church, isn't that, isn't that what the Christian life is supposed to look like? That you can be free to fail. That you can be free amongst your brothers, the, the, the people that you're closest to. Find some people who will ask you these tough questions. Find people who aren't afraid to to dig into your life. Find someone to stay accountable to. Freedom from sin can be displayed in how we relate to our fellow believers in Christ. Number three, freedom from sin can be displayed in how we relate to our community. People will see Christ in us once we do these things. One of the biggest gripes that non-Christians have towards the church is that we're hypocrites or that, we feel, or that they feel judged and you know what, they're right because we're sinful. We, we do that. And, and I feel bad because of it. I wish we never did that. But if we express this brotherly love, if we express this caring, if we express this giving of ourselves to, to others and people outside in the community or somebody who walks in the church, they whoa, what's different about them? What's different? I don't think the world wants to see how perfect we are, but they want to see how real we are. You know, I, I'm not... I'm not saying that you need to share everything with everyone. I'm not going to go to a newcomer and say, hey, I'm Christian, but I'm a raging alcoholic. Hey, welcome. (laughs) You know, I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking about be open with those people around you and and build a community where, where, where the grace of Christ Jesus will flow. Freedom from sin can be found only in Christ Jesus. He is the one who grants us this freedom. He is the one that can free us from sin and all of its bondages. When Jesus said, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed, he meant total freedom from the grasp of sin and the bondage that it has on you. You know, back in um, a few years ago, I was, I was driving home, and this was right after I, I moved from Seattle and and I was, I was doing youth ministry there for a little bit. And, and it, it just seems my life was so busy. You know, I was uh, doing youth ministry. I was working full-time. I was going to school. And, 
you know, so forth. And then, and then I, I was driving home. This is time I was just going to seminary. I wasn't working. I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I was just taking class and, and praying as much as I could. And I just felt one time when I was driving home, I just felt this huge burden on me. This huge weight that I, I really couldn't do anything with. So I just, I just prayed. You know, I, I prayed with my eyes open when I was driving. So, so I, I was praying, and I was like, Lord, what is this? What, what's, what's happening? And it was like all these reminders of my life, you know, the, the times I, I was, uh, I didn't prepare as well for my sermon, you know, before the youth, uh, the times I, I yelled at them that I, I shouldn't have, uh, times I didn't feel so youth pastorly or pastorly, times I didn't feel like going to school, times I didn't feel like being a, a great worker, all these things, all these things and sins and, and whatnot, everything just kind of weighed on me. And I, I just felt helpless. And I, I just remembered Jesus Christ. He just whispered to me saying, you know, Christian, all those things, I, I died for those. Those things don't have to weigh you down anymore. But you could walk freely in me. You could walk freely as you go forward in your life. Whatever you do, whatever you don't do, remember that I freed you. This freedom is for everyone. You know, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, what, what's stopping you? He offers freedom that no one else can give. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you so much for the, free, for the freedom you have in Christ Jesus. We thank you so much that we could run this race without, without all these burdens on us, with all the, without all these weights on us, Father. Lord, we thank you that, that you have given your Son. Lord, we thank you so much, Father, for all these things. And Lord, my heart right now is that that Christians and not, Father, that, that we would be able to live this life the way that we're meant to live it. To live it serving you. To live it by just giving everything to you. To live it without sin, without the guilt of sin, without the effects of sin. Father, we, we pray that we would be free in you. Lord, so I pray that, that if there's anything in our hearts right now, Father, that we would let these things go before you. And Father, for those of us who don't know you, Father, we pray that this is a day where we call you our Father. Lord, we thank you so much for your grace and mercy in our lives. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information on having questions or comments, 
check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.